Welcome to the Key and Mang audio experience where you're here from two up-and-coming therapists looking to enhance the lives of listeners by addressing health, wealth, lifestyle, and overall growth. Tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the Key and Mang audio experience. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang audio experience. I'm your host, Mang. As always, jump my fellow co-host, Key. Key, what's good? What's up, Mang? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm fine. Good, 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 good. Today we got another special one. We got Jeremiah Cordero, aka Moving with Jerry, on the pod. Jeremiah, what's good? Not much, man. Just uh, kind of soaking in this rain that we got up in Anchorage, Alaska. Hey, you never know what you're going to get in Anchorage, Alaska, or in Alaska in general. So this is something you got to you gotta get used to, but uh-huh. this is gonna be a fun one because this is this is my uh, my trainer, my coach, who's getting me right right now, and he just started his own personal training business, and we've been talking as we've been training, and I think it'd be a good it would be a good story to hear how you've kind of built yourself up in the ranks here in Anchorage. So I'm I'm really excited to, for where this conversation is gonna go, and I just wanted to open up to you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, right. Um, so my name is Jeremiah Cordero, like Fairbanks said. Um, and I kind of took the unorthodox way. And, and so I'm a personal trainer, obviously. Um, and I kind of took the unorthodox way and unorthodox route of a personal trainer. I So I started as, as a personal trainer at like a big box gym, a well-renowned gym in town in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, and I was working there for about seven months and I kind of just got this like itch to start my own business and start my own operation. And, you know, if you listen to a, a lot of like podcasts, like fitness and health podcasts and personal training podcasts, so on and so forth, they'll tell you that you want to do at least like a couple of years at a big box gym um, before you think about maybe opening up your own operation. Um, But I kind of wanted to go kind of against the grain. And I kind of wanted to just start my own thing right away and jump into it. And I felt like I was betting on myself and taking a pretty big risk just because there's so much that goes into starting your own operation. Uh, But yeah, I just kind of said, let's do it. Like jump into it all, just go all in. Um, and so I've been doing that for about three months now, um, got a total of uh, 12 clients right now and it's, it's been amazing. I love it and I wouldn't change it for the world. Can you tell us about the ups and downs you experienced when leaving that big box gym and going off on your own? Sure. I think, uh, you know, I think the biggest up for me is just like being in the flexibility, just being able to you know, create your own schedule. Well, I, I mean, I should say, yes, you do get to create your own schedule, but you still have to work with people and their flexibility, obviously. Um, but you just get a lot more free time throughout the day. And, and it's like, I mean, it's self-explained. I mean, it's, it's yours. Like it's your baby. You get to do what you want with it. Um, but I think the biggest downside is the security part of it. And like, just, not knowing like you you're at the mercy of these clients and like you're not working for an established gym you're working for yourself and so that's pretty risky 
Um, and then I, I guess like another, another advantage to it is being able to collect all of your earnings and stuff. Obviously you gotta, you know, you pay rent for your studio and this and that, but the gym isn't taking like a commission of your, of your sales or your packages or whatever you sell. Um, so I guess like just being able to take everything that's yours and not having to spread it towards like the gym and so on and so forth. You mentioned having like one of the downfalls being you're being having to find your own clients and make sure that they stick with the program. How do you go about finding your clients and making sure that they're a right fit for working with you? And yeah, so I usually um, I usually take them through like a consultation process. And I mean, the consultation isn't very long, but it's pretty in depth. Like I try to like not only just figure out like what their goals are and like what they're seeking out of me as their trainer, but just to kind of get to know them, like what do they do on their free time? Like, what do they like? Um, like what kind of training styles they like, or just honestly, even just like on a very like surface level, just, um, just like, you know, what they like to do on their free time. Um, it's like, what do they do for work? Um, just to get th to know them on a personal level. Cause I feel like when you, get to know your clients on a personal level, it kind of builds the foundation for a pretty strong relationship. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, I'd say that's like half the, half of it, you know, doing personal training is being able to, you know, you have, you obviously have to have a good relationship with your personal trainer. Cause if not, it's not going to work. <laughs> so. How do you go about getting these clients? I know you live in, Anchorage and it's like kind of in a smaller town but do you use social media is it word of mouth how do you go about acquiring clients it's a little bit of both honestly um be you know living in a small town work gets out really quick and you know even in the three months that I've had my business going um I I mean word has traveled so quick I remember like a month ago I was just in the grocery store just rounding up some groceries and this couple, probably like middle-aged, um, comes up to me. I'm at the self-checkout and they come up to me and they're like, hey, are you that moving with Jerry guy? And I said, uh, yeah, like, sure. <laughs> I got, I mean, I got kind of nervous just because like that was my first time ever being publicly recognized. Um, and they were just telling me, because sometimes I'll put up like workout videos and tutorials or like, so I, I'm starting to get into like cooking videos. So, um, but the guy was like, yeah, my wife, my wife and I love your workout videos. She even did, she did like my TRX workout video that I've got posted on Instagram. Um, and that was just like, it was very humbling, but at the same time, obviously it was super exciting. So that just kind of proves that like in a small town, like Anchorage, word gets out really quick through social media, through word of mouth. Um, but I also feel like there's disadvantages uh, working in a smaller town like Anchorage. Um, we were talking about the weather earlier and I'd say like nine months out of the year, we're either dealing with like pretty solid rain or snow, obviously. And so people don't really, people are always layered up. 
And so like compared to like cities in like LA, Miami, places where, I mean, you're on the beach like 75% of the time, people don't necessarily care as much for their appearance here. And that's like, I mean, a lot of people get personal trainers to better themselves, like obviously mentally and emotionally, but I mean, I'd be remiss to say that people don't, you know, hire a personal trainer for their physical appearance as well. Um, they don't really care about that as much here just cause like, that's just not very big here in Anchorage. So it's kind of hard to like find people who are interested into it. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a process that you have to go through and like, yeah, I'm getting better through experience. So I'd say that's like the biggest disadvantage. I think that that once you hone in on how to cater to those people who don't really care about the aesthetic part of it, I feel like that'll take your business to a whole nother level because it's yeah. easy to work with people who do it out of vanity or like the superficial reasons. It's harder to get people to buy in when that's not really what they're looking for. So if you could tap into that and then go online, it's like it's, it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. And that's kind of like my like my mantra with my business is like preaching balance. Um, you know, I feel like once you're at a place where you're, you care more about like your mental well-being and your emotional well-being in terms of like health and fitness, I think you'll be a lot more at peace with yourself and just like, and I, you'll find that you'll enjoy just working out more just because if you're doing it just for the physical appearance aspect of it, I, I feel like it's way easier to get burnt out. And people just kind of like fall out of love with health and fitness and health and fitness is so much more than just, you know, appearance. So. Can you take it back to how you got started in the personal training journey? Uh, I know you were an athlete in high school and college and had talked about some of your injuries coming up, but can you kind of tell us about how you got into the personal training world and why you decided to go that route? Yeah, so I'll, I'll take it back even, like, further than, like, high school and college. I'll take it back to when, like, when we first met, back in, like, when we were – when your cousin Pindo and I were in elementary school. Um, I was pretty – I was pretty, like – I didn't have the greatest confidence in myself. And, like, I, I was pretty overweight as a younger kid, just, like, had a lot of baby fat on me and – got picked on a lot. I mean, obviously like I, you know, I had a lot of friends, I, like a lot of people liked me, but I, I got picked on because I was pretty chunky. Um, and so like, I always had this like mindset that I wanted to change that. And so I, and I always loved sports. Like I, I remember, you know, when us three would always hang out, we'd always talk about sports. Like that was like 95% of the things we used to talk about. Um, and so, but I really, I, like, I wanted to do something about, like, getting into shape and this and that. So I started, you know, doing basketball, started doing football, baseball. I did all the sports. Um, and the main ones I really enjoyed were basketball and football. Um, and so right around, like, middle school, high school, I started to take basketball pretty seriously. Um, and so I started, you know, playing for competitive leagues and, doing like going on travel teams, et cetera. Um, and then once I got to high school, 
you know, I, I started taking it even more seriously. And I thought, Hey, maybe this is something that I could turn into like playing college ball or, um, and then I, you know, I tried out for the football team and it kind of just like reverse, like basketball was kind of like on the back burner. And I just realized that like football was where like my heart, did, like that's where, that's where my talent was most prevalent was football. So um, I started taking football way more serious. Um, and then I, I like noticed that, you know, my body started to change. And I, you know, that's probably a lot to deal with, you know, just going through puberty and things of that nature. But um, I just started taking the weights a little more serious just because in football, like we really honed in on weight training, resistance training um, and things of that nature. Um, and then my, so, and then I had two best friends in high school who were just lifting weights just to lift weights. They, they just like thought it was fun. They, they'd go to the gym every day after school. And I thought maybe I should join them. So I went, I went for the first time and I hated it. Like I, I didn't enjoy myself. You know, I like, I like the football, like lifting weights with the team because it was like a camaraderie thing. But going to the gym, like after school every day, I absolutely hated it for like the first year. I just didn't enjoy it. Um, but my friends were like, just stick with it. Just try to see if there's something that you like and you'll figure out things that you do like and things that you don't like. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll stick it out. I'll keep doing it. Um, and I think I like found that camaraderie with them and being able to like work out with them every day and kind of just built like, like almost like a little team together. And so, and then I just like fell in love with it. Um, and then I'm still playing football while I'm doing this. And so I was, I was running my body into the ground, which is not, not, you know, suggested, you know, you got to take your rest and, but I was just enjoying it so much. Like I finally like found a passion for it. And so once I graduated high school, I went on to play college ball for a year at um, Valley city state university, in North Dakota. Um, and I tore my ACL and you know, I tried to come back and I, I, I was playing afterwards and I could just tell that I wasn't the same. Um, a lot of guys recover and they come back even better, but I just like, I, you know, after playing on it a couple months afterwards, I just knew that, you know, I might have to just call it. And I had my fun with it and I loved every single minute of football that I played, but it was just like that realization that I just needed to go elsewhere and find another find another avenue to go on. Um, and so, you know, I, my mother was a huge advocate of me doing like coaching. And she was like, why don't you get into personal training? I said, I don't know if I could like take that responsibility. Cause I mean, being a personal trainer, you, you have a pretty big responsibility and a pretty big weight on your shoulders because you're, you're not only changing people's lives physically, but like we talked about earlier, you're changing people's lives mentally and emotionally. Um, and so I was kind of like skittish at first about it. And I wasn't, you know, I, I was kind of iffy and I, don't, I didn't know if I wanted to do it or not. Um, but so I just said, you know what, let me just try and get my certification. If not, if I don't use it, I don't use it, but I have it in my back pocket just in case. Uh, and I 
took the course. It took me like three or four months to take the course, um, <laughs> pass the test and everything. And like I said, I worked at a, a big box gym here in town and for about like seven months. And I, I honestly, like a huge reason why I wanted to go out on my own was to be able to build my own programs um, and not have to like use the gym's programs for like group classes. And I kind of wanted to just like do absolutely everything on my own, not only for the sake of me taking all the credit, cause that's not what I care about. Um, but just being able to like represent my whole self, I felt like I was being kind of capped. Like my potential was kind of limited. And so I just wanted to tap into my potential to see where it could go. Cause I feel like my ceiling is like super high and, um, Granted, like if you're working for a big box gym, I, for me, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like in the NBA, they, for like draft prospects, they say, oh, this guy has a high ceiling, but a low floor, like a high floor. Being at a gym, you know, you, you have like a high floor because you have that security and you're secure. But I just wanted to take a risk and try to see if I could achieve that high ceiling. So kind of related to like the NBA or like sports in general. That's why uh, I think when I came back uh, for winter, last winter, I think you had just like branched off to starting moving with Jerry or starting your own, your own business. Yep. And I, I was in, we, we went to hoop and I just happened to see you Cause I've been seeing what you've been posting on Instagram. I was like, that's interesting. I haven't seen anybody doing that in, um, in Anchorage yet. And I knew I was coming back. So I was like, let me see what, what he's about. Cause I know it, I hadn't seen you that much since, since I left for, for grad school and all that. Yeah. So I was like, let me see what, let me see what he's about, what he's about to do with this. And I was like, I remember I told you, I was like, when I come back, I'm trying to work with you. Cause I want to see, like, I knew you we were new, but I knew I could see the passion was there. And I, I thought if I told you what I was trying to work on that, you would help me get there. And so Absolutely. I was like, I'm going to take, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a chance and, and see what it's about. And we just hit the hit the ground on it for like two months and it's been it's been a fun time i know yeah. i know you got you got <laughs> you got your laughs in i got my laughs in but we're putting in work that's the thing man is like i want to be able to make it so people enjoy their experience with me like people look people have this like negative connotation towards health and fitness in general but like personal trainers like they instantly think that you know your coach is gonna scream and yell at you and like make you do all this hard, like you gotta be walking out of the gym, like feeling like your legs are noodles. And that's like so far from the truth. Like I wanna be able to shed light that like you can have fun while working out and it can be something that you enjoy. And you don't always have to feel like you're like dog tired afterwards. Like it's at that, you know, honestly at that point you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're always pushing your body to the absolute ground and you should be able to walk out of your gym and be able to go do other things afterwards. And so when you push yourself too hard, it can, it will not, it can, it will make you burn out and you will at some point just give up. Um, so I just want to, I, I really just want to make it a fun experience with my clients and I try my best to do that. Um, so but I wanted to ask you guys a question. Do you guys, do you guys see like similarities between personal training and physical, like physical therapy? 
because I feel like there's so many similarities, like especially when I'm talking to you about it. Go ahead, Key. I want to hear your perspective on this. Okay. Um, definitely, I see so many similarities. I think it overlaps a lot, especially when you get – so I work in, like, sports rehab. So initial stages of rehab when you're working on, like, decreasing swelling and, like, range of motion, like, that's a little different from personal training. But once yeah. you get somebody to, um, like, pass that stage and they're getting into, like, building strength and working on other, like, physiological capabilities, I think it overlaps – so much i think is essentially the same thing you just have to have the knowledge to coach somebody through it and i think a personal trainer could definitely do that so that's why a lot of times you see um athletes switching off to like a strength coach or a personal trainer after they get to that point because a lot of times personal trainers are more equipped to do that than pts which i believe so um i see a lot of overlap and i think some pts don't like to admit it and they kind of downplay personal trainers like, oh, why is a personal trainer charging X amount per session when they're not a PT? Like, we do the same thing at the end of the day. It's just at yeah. what stage are you at? So I think it's very similar. And that's how I run my business. So, um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I was I was kind of thinking the same thing because I feel like one thing I try to do also is, you know, especially when I'm training Fairman, I try and like pick his brain and I try and like learn more like obviously like you have to have basic knowledge of the human anatomy like being a personal trainer you uh, if you don't like you are very underqualified <laughs> um but i try and like gain more knowledge in terms of like injury and like prehab and stuff like that because i feel like as a personal trainer if you can you know do like injury specific if you can prescribe your patients with like injury specific like warm-ups or like exercises or things that can like help somebody with like hip pain or like back pain um that can really separate you you from the rest of the the crowd like you will get you can gain so much notoriety and just you you'll definitely get more leads especially like in a smaller town like if people know that you're able to like if you're doing corrective exercise or if you specialize with injuries that can take you to a whole nother level. So that's why I try and like really pick his brain every now and then. But what do you think, Fairman? Uh very similar to very similar to what Keith said. I, I think also with just to I think you have access to like the medical doctors and you can refer people to the places that they need to go a little easier, I think, as a PT versus a personal trainer. But in terms of qualities of like helping people with movement patterns and getting stronger and seeing fitness as a way to achieve their goals whether it's to pick up their kid or to be able to push a certain amount of weight or whatever their goals are I think very similar uh PTs and personal trainers and that'd be the only couple of differences that Key mentioned and then having the referral sources yeah gotcha 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 I also think a lot of coaching whether you're a physical therapist or a personal trainer it comes down to knowing like angles and like biomechanics of things so like knowing the anatomy could, could get you far if you like somebody's having pain with certain positions if you know how to make something more like knee dominant hip dominant you can do that without being a pt or like being a personal trainer so as long as you have that knowledge i think you can go pretty far and then as a personal trainer if you have that knowledge you can 
become an easy referral for um, like a PT who doesn't have that knowledge, but they feel comfortable referring you um, clients to like return to sport. Yeah, absolutely. Key, do you work, do you work for, uh, do you work for yourself or do you work at a, a physical therapy place or? So I work for a physical therapy place, but I also have my own like hybrid services. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But mine isn't really with athletes. It's more so women looking to um, be empowered by like, weightlifting. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, I did. I, you know, there we were talking about disadvantages earlier. Um, I think, you know, and this is kind of a, like a sensitive topic, um, but I feel like as a male personal trainer, it's a little, um, it's harder for sure because I feel like females have a, like a harder time trusting male personal trainers. Um, and I've heard this like through clients and stuff. Um, just like building that trust factor with male personal trainers is a little tougher. I've, you know, I've had people come in, especially at the box gym that I used to work at. And they're like, I will not have a male personal trainer. Like I want a female personal trainer. And, you know, I, I understand that just cause like girls tend to like cling more towards girls and you know, I, that's natural, but um, the trust factor in that kind of plays a huge part. And, you know, I just, I feel like us as male personal trainers, because personal training is, and, you know, physical therapy is like this as well, and coaching in general. At some point, you're going to have to, like, show your clients how to do a movement or show them where you're supposed to feel the, like, contraction and whatnot. And so you're going to have to touch your client at some point. But just, like, making sure that you build that trust factor with your clients it's just so key. And I feel like just us as male personal trainers, we just need to do better. Just like not taking advantage of that trust. Um, and so I, I just noticed like throughout my journey, like I've noticed that women just have a really hard time trusting male personal trainers. And so that's just like something for me, especially like building that relationship with them in the consultation process. That's just like a very, very big, aspect of that as well that I care about so because if you build trust with your clients you're gonna you're gonna your business is gonna skyrocket so. so using that specific example how do you build trust with your female clients and making sure that they're comfortable with you and all the movements or things that you're asking them to do yeah just like making sure that you know it's pretty like standard protocol like if you're showing them something, you're like, hey, do you mind if I show you where you're supposed to feel this? Obviously, there's certain movements like a squat or you don't want to be touching their butt, obviously. But like if they if you're rowing, hey, can I show you where you're supposed to feel this? And then you point it out and just like going through like standard protocol and just not directly just going right at it, you know, just like making sure that, you know, your intent is to show them what the movement is supposed to be doing and where you're supposed to be feeling the movement and not, you know, for other reasons. I definitely agree that a lot of women are like apprehensive about having male trainers. I mean, I personally wouldn't, wouldn't mind, but I can say the reverse though. I think that it's hard for women to have, to be a coach of a male because males are like, why are you, 
telling me this, like, who are you? And I think yeah. some men have a different perspective when it comes to women in the gym. Like they think women should be lifting colored weights only or things like that. So I think it's hard to get trust as a woman, as a, as a lady from a, a male client. Absolutely. So it, it goes it, both ways. Yeah. I, I, I want to stress that as well. It, it works both ways. It's not just like one side or, um, but I definitely also noticed that, you know, with my male clients, they're pretty stubborn. Like, and they, you know, you're their coach and you try to show them something and they still, they're like, Oh no, like my way is the right way. And it's like, okay, well you hired me for a reason. So your way is not the right way. <laughs> so so I, it's just like this, that women are way more receptive to my coaching and just like, they take what I give them and they apply it like right away. And so that's honestly like, I love coaching women because like I said, they're so receptive and just being able to build that trust with them. is just like very like relieving for me. And it's just like, I, I love being able to build that trust factor with people. So, but may, specifically with women as well, it's, it's just a good feeling just because they feel comfortable with you. Um, so yeah, it's a great feeling. Yeah, I think generally the ego is crazy and men. Like yeah, you it's know, hard would, to no. hey, would look, know. Man. Hey, hey, I know my place. I told you this on Thursday. I know my place. <laughs> I know my place. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at. And I'm ready to hear all the criticism and all the good things as well. Yeah, but like you, I think you killed me with the medicine ball the other the other week. Yeah, I told him you gotta get your weight up, cuz I told you. Okay. <laughs> oh. and then right after he but, says oh he's trying to get like me hey look i'm a big guard man i'm a big body <laughs> big body <laughs> big body in a small package but it's, it's all good that's all good oh, but what i was gonna say um I, I think it's when you're used to doing something in a certain way for 5 10 15 years and then you have someone telling you oh maybe you should consider it this way it's hard to let your ego get your ego out the way and try it a different way because you're so used to getting that way but like you said there's a reason why you came and sought out extra help because what you're doing was not working yeah and that's what i that's what i have to remind myself i'm like hey like i came and sought him out like he he's good at these movement barbell lifts and movements and stuff and i'm used to a certain way of doing things and that's why I usually i'll ask i'll ask you questions I'm like why are we doing this why why are we adding this rotation in but that's just for me to like try and understand why you're prescribing this movement that way. Yeah. Um, and so I try, I, I'll make sure that I think if you're going to take the time to invest in a, in a trainer or a healthcare professional, you need to do your own due diligence to make sure that you're ready to invest in it, but also be ready to like learn and be a sponge and do what they're telling you to do. And then if you want to ask questions about why, you're doing a certain thing or how does it relate to what your goals are then that's a conversation you should be able to have with your with your trainer with your health professional at all times but yeah. i think you got to get rid of your ego i think that's harder for guys to do than females to do girls to do because that's just how we're programmed <laughs> yeah but the funny thing is man is i feel like personal trainers always get uh, also got to take their ego out of it too because they you know I've, I've ran into some personal trainers who like they think they know everything under the sun and they'll, you know, they'll give their clients like the complete like wrong 
like program or, you know, they're just like, just giving them like random stuff. And it's like, yes, you, yes, you want to be confident in yourself and like confident in what you're giving your clients. But at the same time, you got to be making sure that like, you're not pushing your clients too hard or just cause like, like I said earlier, everybody thinks that like when you work out, you got to walk out of the gym feeling dog tired or else it wasn't a good workout. And, you know, you'd be surprised, like the majority of the trainers that I've seen in my experience, um, they'll, they'll run their clients into the ground. And it's like, you're not sure you're like giving them a, like a really hard workout, but you're not building that sustainability and longevity. And that's like, that's something balance and also longevity is something that I like preach all the time is that if you're not if you're hiring a trainer and you're trying to like build this lifestyle of health and fitness and you're just doing it for a temporary fix you're just going to go back to where you were six months or a year ago so it's all about like building that so it becomes like a lifetime thing for you so just being able to like slowly like give your clients you know different exercise programs and up in the intensity at a slow pace and not just like giving them like hard stuff right away. So I, and that's, I, I think personal trainers like ego kind of like feeds into that. So it works both ways for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I was going to say that with like killing your client, not killing your clients, I shouldn't say that, but um, being <laughs> your clients to the ground <laughs> On the first day, I feel like it makes them not want to come back. I remember I had one client and the first workout wasn't hard, but it was a lot of exercises. Like it's like one of those exercise, one of those workouts where if you did it, you don't really feel tired in a moment, but you will like feel it tomorrow, but it's not gonna prevent you from doing anything. And she's like, Oh, this workout wasn't hard. And I was like, Yeah, because you haven't been working out, so I'm not gonna give you something that is so challenging, but we're gonna build up to that. And I think um clients expect you to like beat them to the ground the first day but when you do that they're likely like not gonna come back or they're not gonna enjoy it especially if they don't have an exercise background so I think doing that works against trainers or coaches when you do do that oh yeah it's hard to convince your clients that you know if you're not pouring sweat that you got to get workout it's very hard because like I said they're so in this mindset that you know, you have to push your body to its absolute limit or else you didn't get a good workout. Um, it's just like, but it's, it's because we, we as a society, we look at that as like the standard of like, that's how it should be done. And like, it's all about like how the media portrays like health and fitness. And like a lot of the influencers now on like TikTok and Instagram and like it shows them like, you know, pouring sweat or like, you know, screaming and yelling when they're like lifting weights and stuff. Like it's, it's great. Like, don't get me wrong, but um, I feel like just like for the average person kind of like skews their view on like what it should look like than what it actually does look like. Um, so. Also, I think as PTs, at least me, when I first like started working, I definitely had like an ego or like a bias and I was giving exercises or movements to clients or patients that I knew would be beneficial, but it was because not only I knew it was going to be beneficial, but it was something I liked doing. So like not everybody wants to freaking deadlift 
but there's other ways to strengthen. So taking into account what the person wants and is actually going to be consistent with as opposed to something you know is going to help them, but they're actually not going to enjoy it, but you're trying to give it to them because that's how you train. Yeah. Um, so taking ego out of it that way is important as well for teaching yeah. coaches, all of that. Yeah. And I, I've been on that side of it too, where, you know, like I have to kind of like take a step back and be like, okay, you're pushing this guy too hard or you're pushing this girl too hard. Like you need to like lighten it up a little bit. I, especially like in the beginning, not so much anymore, just cause you know, through my almost a year of experience, like I feel like I've gained that, like I'm comfortable enough with myself that I know like where to push my clients. But in the beginning, like, yeah, I, I totally a couple times or more, I mean, maybe more than a couple times I was giving my clients like programs or exercises that were a little like too intense for them. Um, but it's all, I mean, that's all a part of the learning process, right? You know, I mean, and I think, you know, taking that ego out of it requires you to just like make sure you know that it's okay to make mistakes and you're going to make mistakes because nobody's a perfect product. So just being able to like, tell yourself that you're going to make mistakes, but it's about how you respond and how you learn from those mistakes so that you don't make those mistakes again, so. And I think another similarity between our two respective fields is that it's a long, it's a long game. You're, like, you're not gonna have a quick fix in physical therapy. You're not gonna have a quick fix in personal training. And being able to communicate that from jump, I think helps with trust. I think helps with buy-in. And if you can outline your plan of how you're going to progress things, how you're going to regress things, how you're going to work towards your goals, I think that helps with building trust. I help. I think that helps with building buy-in. I think that helps lead to better outcomes because everyone's on the same page yeah. and you're ready to adapt. And you can experiment with things in your plan, but once you, uh, once you, as long as you're following towards their end goals, that's what's going to help you get to make your way through decision making. But you can't be afraid to make mistakes. You have to to learn to redefine your your frameworks and what your and reframe your your biases to help you be a better clinician, trainer, whatever it may be. Like it's always a constant feedback loop, just trying to get better. Yeah, man. I you know it's funny that you mentioned that. You know, I, I've I remember you telling me a couple of times, like after our sessions, like trust yourself and like trust your, your knowledge and like know that you're, you're doing the work and like, you know what you're doing. Um, sometimes I can get in this mindset and I think everybody goes through this where you feel like you're not doing enough for like your business or your job or whatever it is that you're doing. Some people can just like feel like they're not doing enough. And like, I know, I, I remember you checking me a couple of times, like, get out of your head like you're you're doing just fine and just like trust your work you'll be fine it's always trust your work i think key we were talking about this uh yesterday well yesterday we were talking about um oh i just i just lost it we were talking about um like how we've been exposed to like we think we're not doing too much but because we've been exposed to people who are like high achievers that we're doing more than like what the average person will do. So we're like extra hard on ourselves. I think the same, the same principle applies here. You've been exposed to people who are doing big things. So you think you're not doing enough, but you're doing way more than what the average individual is going to do. So there's, there's no medium, man. It's either you feel like you're not doing enough or you feel like you're going way, like you're doing way too much. 
So there's never like a happy medium. <laughs> <laughs> Quick uh, question for you. What would you yeah. say uh, two to three qualities that you think every good coach or every trainer should have? Ooh, so many. Um, accountability, first and foremost, not only for your client, but for yourself, um, being able to hold yourself accountable, um, compassion, being able to make sure that, you know, you're hearing, like if you're, if your client is like feeling not the greatest, like that day, or, you know, just being able to have that compassion and just like being able to listen to them and listen to their body um and three fun like have fun with your clients because like i said earlier if you're not having fun what what's the point of it like you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're not having fun we only live this life once like we got to have fun with it so just being able to enjoy running your body into the ground <laughs> i have a question actually yeah, what's up? Um, speaking of fun, I feel like I work with a lot of women, so and I know like the stigmas around women in the gym and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of ladies fall prey to that. Like, if you lift, you're gonna get bulky or look masculine, look like a man. How do you educate your clients who feel that way? If you have any of them that feel that way, right? Honestly, key right now, it's it's kind of hard because a lot of clients or like potential leads, they want to see results. They want to see like testimonials and, you know, they want to see like, okay, like what have you done for other people so that I know that what you're telling me is, is right. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty simple. Like I try and just like trust my, you know, my judgment, trust my work and just like try to educate them in terms of like stuff that I hear on like other podcasts uh, reading articles, stuff like that. Um, but just like, I, I, it's funny that you bring that up because I'd say like 90% of the female clients that I've had or have at the moment in our consultation process, telling them that resistance training is the best way for you to build muscle. And they, they never believe me. They just like, they're, they're just like, oh, I'm going to get like super bulky and I don't want that. And it's very hard to convince them. So I think just being able to get them in and just getting them consistent and just getting them to understand, like after a few months, they'll start to know and like feel different. You won't, I mean, you won't really see physical results in like the first few months, but you, what you will see is like the mental aspect of it. And you'll feel better about like what you're doing and you'll feel better, better about yourself almost all of my clients, like the first month, they're like, oh my gosh, like I've never felt better. Like I may not physically look that much different, but I feel like a hundred times better. I'm not, you know, running out of gas, going up the stairs. Um, I'm fitting into my clothes better. Um, just stuff like that. So just getting, getting them to understand that also that you're not, you're not going to see results right away. It's like you were talking about earlier is that, Everybody wants instant oatmeal. Nobody wants to wait for it to like, nobody wants to wait for the results. Everybody just wants that quick fix. So 
Key, how does that conversation work for you? And you, when you were working with some of your clients, like how do you educate around that stigma? What, how I educate is I, one, tell people that I've lost weight, lifting weights, because I fucking hate cardio. So when I lost weight, I wasn't doing much cardio. Like I was, I'll run outside now, like when the weather's nice, but I'm definitely not a cardio person. So one, I tell people that's how I did it. Um, I've read a lot of like research articles and stuff that shows the benefits of lifting for women. And I don't even tell them, I don't really even address their concern for making them bulky. Cause I feel like once I tell them that once they start lifting and if they're getting too bulky, they can just stop. Like you don't have to incre keep increasing weights. But it doesn't ever get to that point. But I just tell them that just to let them feel in control. Like if you do start to feel like you're getting bulky or looking a certain way, you can just stop. You don't have to in increase your weights, but you can still get the same benefit by staying where you're at. But I try to include other benefits like lifting weights or like resistance training helps later down the line when you go through menopause or you are at risk for osteoporosis, things like that that don't directly tie into looking bulky so when you tie it to something long term like that and your health i think they buy in automatically and then when they start to do it they feel good and they get into it and they don't they forget that they even had that thought in their head anyways but i try not to really feed into it i like educate them here and there here and there and other things so. yeah i feel like i feel like getting too deep into it can kind of like create just like a never-ending cycle so it, it's it's good that you said that you try not to get too deep into it, just because once you're in, it, you're digging yourself in a rabbit hole. I feel like once you like start discussing that, because I don't feel like I feel like female clients like they don't they'll never really understand it until they actually go through that process and they like actually like start resistance training and. Yeah. One thing I try to implement as well, obviously, you know, if it applies to them, it's high intensity cardio is like, you know, ropes, um, like fan bikes, um, like stuff that you like, you're not on a treadmill for like 60 minutes or like 90 minutes or just stuff that's not like repetitive, like things that can be fun as well. Like people love throwing around the ropes and slamming balls and like that, that stuff is fun. Like running on a treadmill for like 60, 90 minutes for your average person can be pretty boring. So. Also, I think that I've found success with telling people that shrimp training or I guess once you say lifting, you are lifting weights, but like shrimp training, resistance training, it doesn't have to be weights. Like your body is resistance um different types of exercises still resistance so you can still build muscle like that so once you break it down like that i think people buy in and um like kind of get over that fear of getting bulky but a lot of people don't know that like body weight training is still a form of resistance training so educating on things outside of that will lead them to buying in on the entire aspect of shrimp training yeah it's funny that you say that because i try and I, i'll like catch myself saying it i try not to say lifting weights i try to say like resistance training strength training um because of exactly what you just said like you don't have to like use weight to do resistance training or strength training 
it can all, I mean, you can do body weight stuff and be perfectly fine. So, um, I, I, I try and like catch myself when I say lifting weights, but sometimes I'll just slip up. So I try not to use it in that term, but it's, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking like, maybe I shouldn't like say the word lifting, but I want women to lift and whether that is like body weight or anything. So I purposely use that word and I'm kind of getting in my head about it. Maybe I shouldn't do that, but I purposely do that because women and lift in the same sense is still not as like intuitive as people, as people would think in 2022. So um, my whole goal is to get women to lift, whether that is actually lifting weights, but I see them as being like synonymous. So it's funny that like we just view it oppositely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fairman, you got, do you have any female clients at the moment? Uh, patience, yeah. Or, yeah, so I'm like, personal trainer, I think instantly clients, not patients. Yeah. Uh, is it, do you have a majority female or kind of even even? Uh, right now, a lot of older, older females. Yeah. What are, I mean, what are some like, what are some things that you notice about um, training your patients and just like some um, like advantages, disadvantages? <clears throat> One, I think it's getting them to believe that they should put weight in their hand once they've mastered a the movement. I think a lot of people see the weights and they get scared of it. But I'm like, we've been working towards this. Like, I'm not just putting you under this because I think you're not ready for it. If I didn't think you could do it, I wouldn't give it to you. But we've also yeah. worked up to, we worked up to this point where you're ready for it. Now, a lot of things we're doing are getting easy. You're not as irritable anymore. And now we're talking about, you're talking about trying to, go up and down the stairs without knee pain. So we got to be able to expose you to that kind of demands and put some extra load on you to make sure that you can tolerate that. Yeah. So I think that's probably the, that's probably the biggest thing. And I think in my, like when I first meet somebody, it's more about getting them to, to trust me as their healthcare provider. I'm the only male therapist in my clinic right now. So um, oh, wow. I, I, I take, I take a lot of, I take a lot of extra time just making sure that they're comfortable making sure that I get to know them. Kind of like what you talked about at the beginning. Um, I don't want them to be uncomfortable. Um, we have another tech who's a male, but the majority of our staff is, is female. So mm -hmm. I want to make sure that they're comfortable with me. I do things a little differently than how my, some of my other coworkers do it. And I don't want them to be uncomfortable because we're doing things a little differently than what the other people are doing. So I try to take a lot of time early on to make sure that all their questions are answered, that they feel comfortable with the plan moving forward and that they know that what the, what the plan is. So that's some of the, a lot of the experience so far. Nice. So it's uh, it's good that you mentioned in the beginning talking about like putting weight in their hands and like getting them to try stuff that they wouldn't do normally. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about earlier about not pushing your clients too hard or clients too hard. But at the same time, like you don't want to like not give them something to, you know, try or like, you don't, you want to be able to push your clients slash patients. It's just a matter of like finding that happy medium. I felt like in the beginning of my journey, I would either, like I said, I would push them too hard or I wouldn't push them hard enough because I was just second guessing myself. But now I've like built that comfort within myself and like that confidence within myself that you like you had, I mean, at some point you're going to have to put your clients to do something that they're not accustomed to because that's all about, like, that's how you progress. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just a matter of just 
at the end of the day, it just it it just comes down to confidence in your work. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's also like some of the like continuing education courses, like key with like blueprints or something like that, and building frameworks and criteria. Of, all right, we've you've passed all these checkpoints of like byway movements, certain ref ranges that I want you to hit. The form looks good. All right, so we got to progress this, and you run out of at a point. You at one point you're gonna run out of bodyweight stuff to do. Yeah. How else can you increase the external load? You got to put another like some weight in their hands, but you gradually built up to that point. It wasn't from first visit to second visit. I'm throwing 50 pounds, 50 pound goblet squat in your hands and you've never done it before. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think it's, it's about getting people to understand the long game and uh, understanding, uh, trying to relate it back to this is going to help you do even if their intent was not to, was to get out of low back pain, but they're also, their low back pain is preventing them from going on a walk every day. It's preventing them from bending down and picking up groceries from the floor. It's preventing them from playing with their grandkids or they don't want to fall because they don't, they're scared. They can't, they don't have the strength to get up. Like it, it's trying to relate it all back to that. And that's what I try and take a lot of time to, to teach early on. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you mention, you know, like the client, the majority, all of my clients, like I'm rarely, I'm rarely training like an athlete or like somebody who's specialized in a certain like sport or whatever, but being able to just like give your clients like functional movements and stuff like will help them for like daily activities. I try and like base my programs slash like my workouts for my clients based off of like movements that they would do on a daily basis because 90% as a personal trainer, 90% of the people that you train are just going to be like your average human being. Cause you're not, I mean, if you're training athletes and stuff, then you're usually not a person. You're usually like a strength and conditioning coach. So just like being able to like implement stuff that people do on like a daily basis is huge. And I, I, that's usually what I focus on is like stuff that you just do on a daily basis without even thinking. So. I think it depends also on your, the person you're training. Cause yeah, the people you train may not be athletes, but then you do have those like day-to-day people who want to be trained like an athlete. So that yeah. all goes back to knowing your client, having a relationship with them and, being able to push them in that way um so just being able to like you know read them so i think that's the beauty of like personal training training yeah and and uh fair i mean the way i train fair man i kind of train train him like a like an athlete i implement a lot of stuff that athletes would do and just because i know his body can take that and i know that like he has that background um but the majority of my clients like are just like your average like nine to five like human being like they just they work they they wake up they go to work and they come back home and that's uh, that's just just a routine so um i try and just like build programs and like workouts off of functionality and not just like giving them like what looks cool and that's another problem that i see like in the health and fitness industry is just like giving your clients like the newest and coolest thing and just 
it has no like application to what they do on a daily basis. Um, I fell victim to that when I first started. Um, I think, you know, for example, the BOSU ball, it's great for like balance purposes, but it's like, to me, one of the most useless modalities in our industry. I, I absolutely cannot stand it. And I see like, I've seen so many trainers like just put their clients on like a BOSU ball and like have, have them do all this like fancy core stuff. And it's just why, like, what do you, what's the point of that? So, yo, I was just about to say that I hate seeing that. Like, especially like, I understand if you're doing like, um, I don't see why you would do that in like just training a regular day-to-day person anyways, but I understand if you were doing it without a weight or anything, but people really load up their clients on a BOSU ball like why are you doing that like you want to fill out paperwork or something like why are you doing it I don't get it <laughs> it pisses me off <laughs> Key, have you ever have you ever seen somebody do a back squat on a BOSU ball yeah like on, on Instagram oh man oh. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I genuinely despise that it, it's, whatever it's painful to watch but yeah I mean at the end of the day like you can't you can only do so much. You can tell them that, you, and you also don't want to be that person that just like walks up to people and like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. Or, um, or that's not like, you're not supposed to be doing that. But I mean, people, I mean, it's, it's some people just have to learn the hard way. <laughs> so. That stuff yeah. sells. That sells. So. Oh keep doing it. Oh, man. <laughs> no, but really I, I've been seeing this post going around a lot. And basically said, like, boring stuff in the gym is what gets you results, not, like, the yeah. cool stuff you see. But the, if you notice the people that are, like, viral on Instagram, they're not doing, like, regular fundamental stuff. They're doing, like, a lot of combo movements that target, like, strength, endurance, and power all in the same movement. You don't make progress like that. You don't, you don't get results like that. But that's what sells. So it's hard to be like, do I want to do something that's going to get me followers and go viral? Or am I going to stick to what I know works? There's a difference. You have, you have to be able to separate that. You have to be able to separate like, okay, these people are doing this because they're trying to get followers and like clicks and views and which is fine. Like I, I totally understand why and like, but their purpose is different. Everybody's purpose is, and everybody's path is different. So if that's your path, then so be it. Like, do what you got to do. But for me, I'm trying to build, like I said, longevity with my clients, sustainability, um, just provide, like, functionality. Having them do back squats on a bolster ball is not going to do that. So it's all about just, like, realizing what your purpose is and, like, what, what the vision is and, like, what you're trying to accomplish. So... Cause like I, if it's for views and like follows and I, yeah, you, then sure I get it, but that's not the goal here, for me at least. Then it also comes back to the consumer, and they have to, they have to do some research on what they want out of what they're seeing. Like you have to question what you see and ask yourself why the person is doing this. Is it for the, is it for the flex or? Is there a specific reason why they're doing this? Or like, I think we as consumers also have to do a better job of questioning things and making sure where it's sourcing, where information is coming from. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. <laughs> but I have a couple more questions. Yeah. You you kind of mentioned uh, selling a little bit and some of your consultations. Has there been, I know you're still early into the having your own business. Has there been a couple of moments where you've had to say no to a potential client just because you know it wasn't a good fit? Or do you feel like you've gotten mostly the people that you want to work with in your consultation? Um, kind of. I've, I've never had to say no in the consultation process, but I've had to like, quote unquote, fire clients. A couple of them, because what people don't realize as a personal trainer, like I, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, it take, it's a lot of work. It's not, it's not just like, I'm sure you, you understand this being a physical therapist and like, it's, it, it's a lot more than just like giving you a workout and having, and watching you go through it. There's stuff that you got, you got to do your research. Like I said, and you gotta, you, you honestly, like I probably do like at least like an hour or two of work from home after I'm done. Um, so I guess like I've had to fire clients because like, I don't feel like valued and like, I don't feel like my time is valued and especially like when people like no call no show like that's a that's a given for me like there's a certain point like if you no call no show me like once or twice like then it's i'm very strict about that so obviously like you want to be flexible and like things happen but like I, you know i've had a couple of people in my journey that like kind of like don't value my time and you just got to be able to like cut ties with that person and realize that yes like it's unfortunate and you obviously as a personal trainer you want to be able to help everybody and anybody but if they're not willing to help themselves you have to be able to like separate that and you it's at the end of the day it is a business and if it's not helping your business then you have to uh, you have to cut ties so I, it is unfortunate i hate to do it but it, it's just like it works out for both parties but especially when your name is behind the brand, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you, if you allow people to cancel on you all the time and uh, not do what they're supposed to do, then it comes back on you at the end of the day, because you're the one that built the brand. It's your name on it. People aren't going to blame the client. It's going to be on, on you. And that comes back to what, what they're going to say about you as a trainer. So especially when your name is on something, like you want to make sure that the culture you're creating is on point the message that you're trying to send out there is on point and you're, you're one-on-one -on -one right now. So it, it's all on you. So I, I think that's a, it's a huge thing of making sure that people don't come in and mess up your culture and what you're trying to, what you're trying to build. Yeah. There's been a couple times also, this is more so like earlier on when I was working for a box gym, um, you know, I, I would go through the consultation process and I'd ask them like what their goals are. And they'd be like, I want to lose 40 pounds in two months. And it's like, I really, like, I have to fight it. And like, there's been times where I'm like, I might just have to give you to another person because I cannot do that for you. But I've bit the bullet and I'm like, okay, like, how about we cut that down to maybe like 10 pounds in two months? Because like, I feel like people have, like clients also have the skewed um, connotation to like how weight loss should be dealt with and like how fast it should be yeah I, if you're 40 pounds in two months 
uh, you're, you're doing it in a very unhealthy way. Um, and I mean, you can, you can do it. It's possible. I've seen it, but that is not like, like I preach, it's not longevity and you're not playing the long game. It's a very short fix. So I, and that's like I said earlier, everybody wants instant oatmeal. So they just like go after like the quickest way and like they go after all these fad diets and all these like fasting diets and all that. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty frustrating, <laughs> but I guess it's just, it goes back to like trusting your work and like trusting your knowledge and like trying to get your clients to understand that, you know, you, you have like a good amount of knowledge and a good amount of like know-all. So. I think that comes down to just educating people though. And once you lay that foundation up front and like, say you was working with that client or about to work with that client, wanted to lose 40 pounds in two months and you tell them like, break it down. Like if you do that, you're likely to gain it back and show them the, the statistics and stuff like that. And they're still not buying into it. Since you have your own business, you don't have to work with that person. And if you're coming from like an abundance mindset and not doing things out of desperation, like you'll just get better clients. And then that's the beauty of having your own business. Because if you were in a big box gym, you probably would have to work with them. But now that you're on your own, you could just be like, I don't think you're a good fit. And you can be true to your mission. That's the, that's another beauty of owning my own business is being able to just like weed out like who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with. And it's nothing personal. Like I, I, and that's what I tell that, you know, if I do have to be like, Hey, like, I don't think this is a good fit. I make sure that they know that it's not personal. It has nothing to do with like what they do on the outside of my gym or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I just, I also feel like people have, they pay too much attention to like the number on the scale in terms of like weight and not like, like I said earlier, like how they feel in their clothes or like how their clothes are fitting or how they feel going up a flight of stairs or, you know, I, I mean, with that, that comes with time. Like you're going to lose weight on the scale, like over time, but you're not, I mean, like I said, you're not going to see physical results for pretty long time so it's all just a process and just getting them to understand that so you talked about it being like a, a long game a little bit what does the long game look like for you what does the future of moving with jerry look like for you in terms of like my business your business yourself um you know i i try to I'm not really one of these people that like try to like look super far ahead. However, I do, you know, I, I have like a little bit of a rough draft plan on like what, you know, my next year looks like, or like my five, like my next five years. Um, I would like to like within the next year, start doing like group classes in my studio. And, um, and then maybe in like the next five, I, I, I would like to own my own facility at some point. Um, and, build like a, I don't know if I want to do that here. I don't know if I want to do that in the States. Um, part of me like wants to build something here just cause like, this is home for me. And like, even if I don't live here and like, I would like to like build something in Anchorage just cause like I said, it's home. Um, and I want, I want to be able to leave something here 
like even when I'm long gone and I want to be able to leave something that's like in my name and like I want people to remember that hey like Jerry started this and like this is his operation even when like I'm long gone it's just like kind of like leaving a legacy almost it's like a really cliche saying but I, I mean I believe in that like what you do on this like you you leave a legacy on the, you want to leave a legacy on this earth and like that's like what I want to leave on this earth is like my own facility and like being able to keep it running for long, long years ahead. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. What would you say is two to three things you would want listeners to take away from this conversation today? Um, starting your own business is scary, but it's so worth it. Um, and I think but like the bigger picture in that is just like trusting yourself and taking risks. Um, if you don't, if you're not taking risks yeah, you're, and you're not like going against the grain, I feel like a lot of people are going to be unfulfilled and just like questioning, like, did I do enough or kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier? Like you're going to get in this mindset that, you know, you're not doing enough or you're doing too much or it's always going to be uncertain. So I feel like taking risks and like believing in yourself and trusting, trusting the work, trusting your knowledge. Um, that's like, that's a huge thing that I want people to take away. Um, and also just like personal trainers, physical therapists, like whatever you do, just have fun with your job. Like a lot of people in society nowadays, like all, like I hear all of, like a lot of my friends, like, oh, like I hate my job. And like, it's just so, I don't want to go to work. It's like, once you're able to find that job that you just like love going to. And there's obviously there's parts of it that, you know, aren't the greatest, but like, if you find a job or a passion that you like love doing or going to on a day-to-day basis, you've made it like that. That's like, that's my, like mama, I've made it <laughs> type of moment is like finding that job that I like go, go to work. And I love every single moment of it. I think those are like the two big things that you could probably take away from this podcast. Y'all heard the man. Go go have fun with your job. Hold yourself accountable. Uh, Maya, appreciate you coming on the pod. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to have to bring it back again. That's like an update episode in the next couple months and see where you're at, at what you're doing, what you're up to, but really appreciate you taking the time on your Saturday to, to come join us on the pod today. No problem, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Um, and Key, it was nice meeting you kind of formally over the over Zoom, but um, yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, nice meeting you too. I think our businesses have a lot in common, so I'm definitely going to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Okay. We'll catch y'all on the next episode of the Key Mang Audio Experience. Peace. Take care, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Key Mang Audio Experience. Make sure to subscribe, give us a five star rating and review, and we'll catch you in the next episode.